Welcome to Christian Concepts, a weekly show in which I hold thoughtful discussions about Christianity, its concepts, and misconceptions. I'm your host, Taj, and today we're going to answer a very common question. Do you need to go to church to go to heaven? Do you need to be a part of a church uh, to be saved, be born again, all these different words? And, um, you know, before I dive into that and give you the exact answer, um, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you an athlete without a team, without running your first race, or without stepping into the ring? Are you still an athlete? Well, actually, yes. An athlete is someone that is trained uh, or exercises in agility and in strength. And by definition, regardless of if you ran your first race or if you are, you know, a fighter in the ring, whatever it might be, you have a team. Uh, by definition, an athlete is an athlete. So those things which I mentioned are actually not a requirement to to be a an, an athlete. And you, you might be asking, like, what, what does this have to do with anything? What does it have to do with Evan? What does this have to do with church? Well, in summary, a saved person, a person that's going to heaven, is a person that puts their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, accepting his shed blood as the um, only payment for sins. And that is the requirement for someone to go to heaven, right? You can read this John 3.16, Ephesians 2.8.9, all throughout the Bible. That is the message. That is the gospel. And that is a message. So why is uh, church so important? Well, that's what we're going to really dive into today, because church is important. Okay, first and foremost, like like I said, what what we're going to look at, we have to uh, define before we can even say or discuss the importance of church. We have to define what we're speaking about because a lot of times um, when people say, "Okay, we're going to church," you might be thinking of it as the building or whatever it is. But in most cases, right? Um, well, the root word comes from you know uh, ecclesia, which is a an assembly. It's a called out assembly. So when we're speaking about the church, we're speaking about an assembly of believers, specifically in this going to church. You know, yes, we have the picture uh, a lot of times that we refer to it as the building, but really that is the church building. And what we're speaking about is the local body of baptized believers, if you want a specific Bible definition, if you will. Right. So this is, you know, wherever town you are, whatever it is, the, 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 the group of Christians that you would meet with and study the Bible, serve God and do all those different things, that would be your church. Right. So. Now, uh, this should not be confused with, you know, the, the, the body of Christ. Once you are a saved person, you're put into the body of Christ. And in Revelation, we speak about, you know, the bride being presented to uh, Jesus when he returns and all those different things. Like, no, we're speaking specifically about the local church, the part that, you know, uh, an individual joins, uh, becomes a part of, serves with, attends usually, um, you know, throughout the week and what have you, right? Uh, have a pastor and all those different things, right? So is that a requirement? Well, no. However, like I said, it is very important. First of all, you have to consider the fact that Jesus spent three and a half years of building a church. Uh, of, you know, he physically was there with these men that he called out, these apostles that were the first members of the church. They were put in the church, and they spent three and a half years walking around with Jesus, teaching, preaching, serving other people, and they witnessed all these things firsthand. And yet these were the, the, the church leaders, if you will. And by Acts, after the crucifixion, the resurrection and everything, 
uh, they, they, they were over a hundred gathered together. And when the Holy Ghost filled them and all those different things happened, uh, it grew, quickly grew into a mega church of thousands. And after the persecution, you know, uh, Rome starts to, they, they become a thorn in Rome's side. They're clashing with the Jews and all these different things. They end up scattering abroad. So now you went from one mega church in Jerusalem to churches of believers all over the Roman Empire. So it's kind of ironic that, you know, the Roman Empire tried to stamp this out, but then in result, it ended up spreading like wildfire, like weeds or whatever it is. The seeds just scattered all over the place, right? So, you know, what is a blessing or what sh- what should have been a curse actually turned out to be a blessing in the skies, right? But anyways, that is neither here nor there r- related to this topic. But so here we go. We have these churches now and what is the importance? Why are these uh, uh, a requirement? Why is so much emphasis and uh, importance put into them? Well, first, I must say that, well, Hebrews 10.25 says you're not supposed to for- forsake the assembly. So we know that the the importance of the assembly itself, the church, the body, the local body is important because uh, we are commanded to not forsake them, right? And, you know, really just looking at it, first of all, uh, this is a a team sport. Life is a team sport. Christianity, this journey, everything is you know that we go through is a team sport. And Matthew eighteen twenty, you know, where two or three are gathered in my name, you know, Jesus is in the midst of that, right? So, you know, yes, Jesus is with you as an individual. He lives within your heart and so forth and whatnot. But when it really comes to uh, the power that is within a church, all power is really given to the church. That it can access these things through Jesus Christ. And when two or three come together, it is just an amazing thing. Now you can see the power of a praying church um, all throughout the Bible, especially in Acts. But uh, I'll, I'll put the emphasis on um, Acts 12 when they are paying, praying for Peter. Peter is apprehended. The church is there. They're, they're together. They're praying for him. And, you know, uh, he is released. Like while they're still praying there, so much so that they actually thought it was his ghost that showed up at the door. And, you know, the power of a, a, a church praying is really second to none. And, you know, yes, as an individual, yes, you have that access to God. But two or three are gathered. You know, Jesus is there in the midst of them. And that power is just so much more. Right. So um, you, you really, you have uh, also the, uh, the the Great Commission, right? The end of Matthew, Matthew 28 was given onto the church. Right. It was the church to go into the world, uh, creating uh, other believers, baptizing, and so forth. This commission, this great commission that we know of, is given to the church, right? This is not uh, something of uh, just just given to random believers. This is something that should be accomplished um, together. So for, for example, even uh, communion, the Lord's Supper, if you will, uh, that is a group activity. That is not something that is uh, just rogue believers doing on their own as they came together at the table, right? And also, you want to think of uh, the multiplied uh, impact that uh, you as an individual can have through a church, Uh, meaning that, you know, you can accomplish so much more when it it comes to to. uh, the work if 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 there's teamwork right and in the case of the church like these apostles yes they were the ones that were doing the preaching and teaching but then they were spreading it out the ones that were at their feet if you will um spending the most time with them just as with jesus you know uh three and a half years with those guys then those 12 went out and multiplied themselves and those 12 that they the people that they were teaching in that first church when they scattered abroad 
again, it multiplied. So the church is in the business, uh, the, the business of multiplication, right? It starts off with one Jesus, then it goes to 12, the apostles, then it goes to um, hundreds, thousands, then scatters. Now there's millions and billions, right? So over time, it just keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. Yes, again, a saved person by themselves is still a saved person, but having access to that team to do greater things is just on a different level. And it really cannot be replaced. But also, you want to think of uh, um, uh, how, in the book of Acts especially, how they they split their resources, they administer tasks, and they they split up all these different things. It's because one person can't do everything. And, you know, this is, you know, uh, even like the widows, the the widows indeed who have no one to really take care of them, um, orphans and all these different things. Historically, it has been the church that has um, stepped up to the plate to really take care of these people. Now, this is like a different topic all on its own, but like in a lot of sense that, you know, um, this is not something that should be like mandated and forced upon people by, you know, the government, according to the Bible. This is something that the church really steps up to the plate to really do. Now, foremost, you know, the the primary mission of the church is spreading the gospel and turning people towards Jesus Christ. But also, we have the responsibility of taking care of others. We're spreading love. We're doing what Jesus did. Because when Jesus was walking around preaching, he was healing people. He was uh, uh, feeding people. He was doing all sorts of things that, you know, historically the church has taken up. And this is not by force, but it is honestly, it is, it is uh, a free will, just like there is free will offerings. People serve other people through churches as a group. It is very hard for one individual to feed thousands. However, as a group of people, one can do the cooking. One, some, one might have the finances to help purchase some of the things. And, you know, there's so much could be accomplished. You know, um, n- not everyone knows how to cook, but someone might know how to pick some of the vegetables or so forth or whatnot. And you can accomplish uh, uh, just a lot as a group. Now, this really brings me to uh, synergy, right? Um, you know, that is one of the, the, the main uh, amazing things with the church because in God's economy, one plus one or one and one, if you want to say, is not just two. It is really like 11. It is multiplied with the church, right? There is so much more that you can accomplish with, with, with that church, with that unit. And, you know, not just that, but also as an individual, there are just certain things. For example, uh, encouraging one another, right? That's throughout the Bible. Um, praying, not just uh, for things, to, uh, you know, like in the case of praying for Peter to come out of prison, but praying for one another, you know, because we all go through patches in our life where we struggle with different things, you know, uh, we we get discouraged, we have uh, physical ailments, mental, uh, you know, um, mental things uh, will get us uh, down, um, spiritual, just, just discouragement. And that is one of the functions of the church is to help to um, uplift and edify one another. It's not all about just teaching and serving and all these different things, but also just being able to uh, encourage and help one another is a very important thing because that is one of the things that you can do as a team, as a church, as a body, right? And not just in that, but um, we all have different roles. I know I explained earlier that, you know, some people might not be able to cook or whatever it is, pick vegetables, but, you know, um, Romans 12, 4, and uh, even in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, we speak about, you know, different different ways how how people are are within the church they they have different functions they have different purchase uh purpose 
purposes, excuse me. Yes, there is that usually uh, the, the main preacher, the pastor, if you will, the head shepherd. But at the end of the day, you know, each person, whether you're cleaning the toilet, you are the one who's singing, you're playing the piano, you are, you know, cutting the grass, you're greeting people at the door, whatever it might be, you're packing food for the poor. You're, you're all playing a, a, a different role and you can accomplish some great and amazing things. Now, imagine Amazon or Google or, or NASA or you, you know, NASA, like imagine trying to put rockets in the space as one individual. You might be the smartest person in the world, but, you know, it, it's very hard for one person by him or herself to put a rocket into space. Right. Or you're trying to go to the moon or Mars or wherever it is. Right. So each person, you might have your your, your special gift, your special skill, um, speaking to people, uh, teaching people, helping people, being compassionate, whatever it might be. And just like in these big companies and big organizations accomplishing these just massive things, you know, you can accomplish so much more as a unit. You can accomplish so much more. So the whole point of this, um, do you have to be a part of a church to go to heaven? No, you do not. You absolutely don't, but you're missing out on so much if you are not. Now, I'll speak from personal example. I, I was a person that was so turned off by church, church people, um, organized religion, hypocrisy, all those different things. And I, I tried to go about it on my own. And really, um, I was a, a spiritual dwarf, if you will. And I could not. Uh, well, first of all, th there's two times in my life where I was really separated from church. And I will say that uh, in both times, it was a detriment to me. The first time was, you know, at, well, after my youth and growing up and hearing preaching and all those different things, I was just like, you know what? I have to figure this stuff out on my own. And I was just out there and it, it, it was not it was not a good uh, life for me spiritually. And I was depressed and I was blaming God for everything going wrong in my life and all sorts of crazy stuff. Then when I led to salvation and I had that desire to, okay, now I want to go to church. I wasn't just being forced to go to church. Uh, this, this was an active choice I made because I was able to um, see the benefit of a good church where they're teaching the right things, you're doing all these things, you're serving other people, you're loving one another. And it, no one had to sell me on the idea of going to church once I came to Jesus. Like it was, it was like the, it was clear as day. Right. So then now, you know, I was growing like a weed, if you will. You know, this thing, you know, like I was just growing so much. I was learning the Bible, reading the Bible and all these different things. But then I moved. Right. I moved to a different country and I was cut off from my church, not cut off in the sense that uh, um, I was uh, disfellowshipped or whatever, uh, what the word is, dismembered. <laughs> dismembered sounds like I was chopped up. Not, not that I was like kicked out of the church, but I moved to a different country. And uh, in, in result, what ends up happening is that I had the hardest time trying to find a church, right? Every church I went to was teaching all sorts of craziness. And, you know, I can just go through the list and list and list and list of things. But after spending several years in a solid Bible-believing, a Bible-teaching church and getting a, a, a base of just truth, it was very hard for me to just hop into any church because they had good music or just hop into any church because, you know, th there was a cross on the door or whatever it might be, right? No, I wanted to be in a good church, but I was so discouraged because 
you know, I, I I'll tell you exactly what happened to me. Um, I was hopping around trying to find a good church, and and you know, at the time I'm working seventy eight hours, eighty hours a week, and um, I was just exhausted. And but I still wanted to find a church, and I go to a church, and it was a complete waste of time. And I was so discouraged. I said, "Look at this! I sacrificed my sleep and like my you know all this stuff to come out here, and the message I received was such." garbage really that it was you know what like i'll just listen online to my church uh back home or i will find services that you know from a good church online and whatever it is so that's what i start to do however again it was not the best solution. Yes, I was getting good preaching. However, spiritually, I started to shrink. I was not learning as as I was. And, you know, at times when different things happened in my life and discouragement, it was there was no one physically there to be, you know, touch me on the shoulder like, hey, brother, you know, I'm praying for you, whatever it is. Right. And And all these different things. And I couldn't accomplish a lot of things like that we were doing. Like I said, we split up the work and we divided the work as a church so we were able to accomplish a lot of things as an individual it was either all of my energy or all of my money and it it just i wasn't able to accomplish that much and i was feeling unfulfilled like my purpose wasn't filled and all these different things right however once i found a a I finally found a good church after prayer and and just just a, a rough time um, i was able to appreciate the value of a good church a bible believing church that teaches the word of god and just has some good principles and has the heart for people because it's one thing to to just get all the the these and the vows right and all those different things and 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 your teaching right but if you don't have the heart and the love for serving god and people then it it's really it's it's it, you're just missing so much you're missing the point right and once i found that church i could tell you i started to grow again I, you know i found joy and fulfillment in my life and it was you know i can go on and on and on and on and on and on before I found that church, if I had died, would I still have my relationship with 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 the Lord, and would I have uh, gone to heaven as a saved uh, believer? Yes, I would have. However, um, my time here would have been um, not as pleasant, and it would have I wouldn't have been able to accomplish anywhere near what I was able to accomplish with a church. So imagine um, being that athlete. Going back to my initial uh, initial uh, analogy, imagine being that athlete, right? You're training, you're doing all these different things, right? But now just imagine that single individual all by himself or herself without a team trying to go through a football season alone, right? Again, like I said, this is a team sport. Life, the faith, everything is a team sport. You can go through uh, life and, and, and this game alone or whatever you want to call it, and sure, you're going to have some highlights, but you're not going to have very many wins, right? You might have some good plays. You might have some uh, good uh, minutes or seconds, but you're, you're not going to win games, right? You, you're just not. Yes, you are an athlete. Yes, you are a Christian, a saved person, whatever you want to say. But at the end of the day, you know, arpen, sh- or, uh, iron sharpeneth iron, you know, as Proverbs uh, 27, 17 says. So, you know, although, yes, you probably can get through life without church, um, is, is it the best idea? No, it's absolutely not.
And truth be known that you will probably get way more from church than um, you bargained for. And, you know, ultimately, you you want to be there to uh, give. You want to be there to serve and worship and learn about God. But you're going to get so many benefits from it. And it's not about you. But I'm just telling you from firsthand um, personal experience that you get way more benefits from it than you can imagine. And I'm going to chop up a JFK quote. You know, he was speaking about um, the country itself, the United States. However, um, he said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And I want to say that about church. I've heard this about other believers that were, uh, you know, a a brother in the church that really took me under his wings as like, you know, a a spiritual father, if you will, in the sense that he really got me through some hard times, taught me a lot about the Bible, taught me a lot about church. And um, he said what got him into that church is because he was sitting at home, discouraged, couldn't find a good church. And uh, an Internet pastor, believe it or not, um, said to him that, you know, it's not about what you can get out of church. It's about what you can give the church, what you can give the other believers. And that stuck with me. And I'll never forget that. And it's really it, it, it rings true, just like that uh, quote with JFK relating to the country. Um you go into it trying to serve, right? Jesus came here as a servant, as his followers, as disciples. That's what we do. We serve. And when you go into a church with that mentality, that what you will get out of it is just so much more than you can imagine and way better than just going in there for me, 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 seeing what I can get, titles, help, and all sorts of different things. So, in conclusion, like I said, I know this is the second conclusion, but uh, yeah, do you need church? No, it is. It is. We are told to go to church. We're told to be a part of it. But yes, you can still go to heaven without church, but you're just missing out on so much. And uh, hopefully that cleared up a lot. Um, uh, any uh, misconceptions that you may have had or uh, misteachings that you have come across in the years. But ultimately, yes, a, a safe person desires to be a part of a, a body of other saved people and other believers. B- but ultimately, it is Jesus that gets us to heaven. So if you have any questions, any um comments, uh, anything that you would like to, 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 uh, let me know, um, please, uh, connect with me at Instagram at Bible Gun Pack, or, you know, just, just look in the, uh, the show notes. There'll be some links, um, how to reach out to me, how to get in contact with me. And if you're listening to what, whatever platform you're listening to this on, uh, whether it be Apple podcast, Google podcast, wherever it is, I really appreciate comments and, and reviews and what have you. Uh, not only does it help me to, uh, know what other people are thinking, seeing how I'm interacting with other people, but also it does help to uh, let the the computers, if you will, know that this content is something that is valuable to people and it helps to spread the word to others. So I really appreciate it and I will see you in the next one.